Well, my friends, it's that time again. It's time for us to reach back into our history and let it be known that we are here and we are going to excel due to the facts that we know where we come from. We know what we have been through. We know that slavery was not our history. Slavery was whiteness history. Coming through slavery was our history. And we know these things because of black history moments with Bo. And I am Bo. And I welcome you once again with open hearts and open ears. So let's take a few moments and slip into darkness. Benjamin O. Davis Jr. is remembered for many things. Being the first black Air Force general, leading the Tuskegee Airmen Flight Squadron, and standing up to the military establishment in advancing the cause of black soldiers. More than that, he is a symbol of the ability of a black man to persevere through obstacles on the path toward excellence. He was born in Washington, D.C. on December the 18th, 1912, the son of Benjamin O. Davis Sr. and Elnora Dickerson Davis. His father was a renowned military officer as well, the first black general in the United States Army. Benjamin Sr. served in various capacities beginning in the Spanish-American War, including serving in one of the original Buffalo Soldier regiments. Unfortunately, Elnora died from complications from childbirth in 1916, when Benjamin Jr. was four years old. When Benjamin Jr. was 13 years old, he attended a barnstorming exhibition at Bowling Field in Washington, D.C., now Bowling Air Force Base. One of the pilots offered him the opportunity to accompany him on a ride in his plane. The little dude enjoyed it so much that he became determined to pilot a plane himself one day. With his dad moving around in his military duties, he attended Central High School in Cleveland, Ohio, and graduated in 1929. He enrolled in Western Reserve University from 1929 to 1930, and then later moved on to the University of Chicago from 1930 to 1932. But still, he was determined to serve as a military pilot, and he contacted Illinois' representative, Oscar D. Priest, the first black alderman in Chicago, and at the time, the only black serving in Congress. The priest sponsored him for a spot in the United States Military Academy in West Point, New York. And we just know that had to be hard. 
because it was a time and a place where we were undesirable. His time in the academy was harsh, hostile, and relentless in the challenges and obstacles it put in his way. Throughout his four years, none of his classmates would speak to him outside the line of duty. None would be his roommate, and none would sit with him to eat. But having gone through all of that, nonetheless, my friends, he graduated in 1936, finishing 35th in his class of 278. When he received his commission as a second lieutenant in the infantry, he became one of only two black combat officers in the United States Army, the other being his father, Benjamin O. Davis Sr. Damn, that them were some footsteps to follow. The courage, tenacity, and intelligence with which he conquered a problem, one for him the sincere admiration of his classmates and his single-minded determination to continue in his chosen career cannot fail to inspire respect wherever fortune may lead him. Howard, sir, the 1936 West Point yearbook. And that was only the respect of true grit. Upon graduation, he married Agatha Scott, a young lady whom he had dated while attending the academy. Because of his high standing in his graduating class, Davis should have had his choice of assignments. But when he opted to apply for the Army Air Corps, he was denied because the Air Corps did not have a black squadron. Instead, he was assigned to the 24th Infantry Regiment, an all-black division located in Fort Benning, Georgia. Although he was an officer and had the bars on his shoulders, he was not permitted to enter the officer's club on the base. After attending the U.S. Army Infantry School, he followed his father's footsteps and traveled to Tuskegee, Alabama, to teach a military tactics course at the Tuskegee Institute. On June the 19th, 1939, he was promoted to the rank of first lieutenant and subsequently up to captain, major, and then temporarily to lieutenant colonel, a rank he would hold permanently in June of 1948. But you know, Ben Jr. was not satisfied. Despite the prestige of being an instructor, Davis still wanted to fly. Fortunately, others had the same desire and pressure was mounted on the Roosevelt administration to allow for greater participation by blacks as the country was moving toward war. The administration, therefore, directed the War Department to create a black flying unit. And to his delight, 
Davis was assigned to undergo training in the first class at the Tuskegee Army Airfield. In 1942, he finished his training was one of only five blacks to complete the course and then became the first black officer to make a solo flight in an Army Air Corps plane. He was promoted to the rank of lieutenant colonel, and in July 1942, he was assigned as the commander of the 99th Pursuit Squadron, known by history as the Tuskegee Airmen. Hello. In 1943, the 99th Pursuit Squadron was assigned first to Tanzania, then to a combat mission in the German-held island of Pantellera, and finally took part in the Allied invasion of Sicily. In September, Davis was recalled to Tuskegee to take over a larger all-black unit. Preparing for combat in Europe, the 332nd Fighter Group. But you know, my friends, that ugly head of racism and hate is always going to pop up. And almost immediately, problems arose for Davis. A number of senior Air Corps officers complained to the Army Chief of Staff, George Marshall, that the 99th Fighter Squadron had underperformed and should thereafter be taken out of combat. Major General Edwin House, commander of the 12th Air Support Command, wrote in 1943 that the Negro type has not the proper reflexes to make a first-class fighter pilot. Davis at this time was furious and argued that no information had been presented to him that showed anything to suggest that black fighter pilots had performed unsatisfactorily. He presented his case to the War Department and held a press conference at the Pentagon. And we all know the military hates any kind of bad publicity. General Marshall did call for an inquiry but allowed the 99th Squadron to continue to fight while the investigation continued. When the results of the inquiry came back, the 99th Squadron was vindicated and found to have performed similarly to other fighter squadrons, and any continuing arguments ceased in January 1944 when the 99th shot down 12 German fighters in a two-day period. (laughs) Mess with us. We are the jungle. Want to learn to fight? Get in our footsteps. Soon afterwards, Colonel Davis and the 332nd Fighter Group arrived in Italy, where they were based at Ramitelli Airfield. The 332nd called the Red Tails because of the distinctive paint scheme on the tails of their planes performed well as bomber escorts, often being requested by bomber pilots because of their insistence on not abandoning the bombers. 
the group would eventually move into the use of the state-of-the-art P-47 Thunderbolts. Davis participated in numerous missions, flying in the P-47 Thunderbolt and the P-51 Mustangs. He was awarded the Silver Star for a mission in Austria and won the Distinguished Flying Cross for a bomber escort mission to Munich, Germany in June 1944. In 1945, Colonel Davis was placed in charge of the 477th Bombardment Group, the group being comprised entirely of blacks stationed in Goodman Field in Kentucky. After the end of World War II, the new president, Harry Truman, dispatched an order to fully integrate the military branches. Colonel Davis was called upon to help draft the new Air Force plan for carrying out this order. For the next few years, he was assigned to the Pentagon and to post overseas. But when the Korean War broke out, he once again participated in the fighting, manning an F-86 fighter jet and leading the 51st Fighter Interceptor Wing. In the summer of 1949, Davis was assigned to attend the Air War College. He was the first black permitted to attend the college, and it was significant because future promotions were dependent upon successful graduation. Despite dealing with the racial climate in place in Montgomery, Alabama, where the war college took place, he persevered and excelled and upon graduation received an assignment to serve at the United States Air Force headwaters at the Pentagon. He next served as Director of Operations and Training at Far East Air Force Headquarters, Tokyo, and then was assigned the position of Vice Commander, 13th Air Force, and was promoted to the rank of Brigadier General, a rank not made permanently until after his temporary promotion to Major General. His assignments around the world became almost too numerous to list. He was promoted to the rank of Brigadier General in May 1960 and to Major General in January 1962. He was promoted to the rank of Lieutenant General in April 1965 and retired from active duty on February 1st, 1970 after more than 33 years of military service. Finally, on December 9, 1998, President Bill Clinton decorated him with a four-star insignia, advancing him to the rank of General, United States Air Force retired. But retirement did not slow him down instead moving on to other ways to serve. In 1970, he was put in charge of the Federal Sky Marshal Program and in 1971 was named Assistant Secretary of Transportation 
for environmental safety. In this role, he oversaw the creation and implementation of airport security and highway safety programs and procedures. This included the establishment of the 55 mile per hour speed limit to improve gas efficiency and to promote driver safety. After retiring from the Department of Transportation in 1975, he followed in his father's footsteps again by serving on the American Battle Monuments Commission. Finally, in 1991, Davis wrote his memoirs relating his challenges and achievements over the years in this book, Benjamin O. Davis, Jr., American. General Benjamin O. Davis, Jr. passed away on July the 4th, 2002, and was buried with full military honors on July 17th, 2002 at Arlington National Cemetery. His wife, Agatha, had died earlier in the year. In addition to the honor of being buried at Arlington National Cemetery, Davis received many accolades over the years, including having a number of schools named after him. His military decorations included the Air Force Distinguished Service Medal, the Army Distinguished Service Medal, Air Medal with Four-Leaf Cluster, Philippine Region of Honor, Legion of Merit with Two Oak-Leaf Clusters, Air Force Commendation Medal with Two Oak-Leaf Clusters, the Silver Star, and the Distinguished Flying Cross. Whether it was in the skies or the classroom, whether training pilots or advising presidents, Benjamin O. Davis Jr. led a life of professionalism, dignity, and achievement, never allowing racism and other obstacles to slow him down. In doing so, he opened avenues within the military for generations of soldiers and pilots who followed in his enormous footsteps. Real history, folks. Real history. Living proof that a black person can overcome any adversity and discrimination. Once again, I say, my friends, real history. Our history. Well, my friends, that music tells me that it is that time again. But I will leave you with this message. Extraordinary people survive under the most terrible circumstances, and they become more extraordinary because of it. Its name, Courage. Until next time, it has been my honor. <laughs>